what I'm preaching about today is simply asking of God. I, I believe we need to increase our ask of God. And that has to come from a foundation that we are loved by Him. You can't come to a father who you're scared of, you're not sure if you trust, if you don't uh, know that they are for you and, and ask with confidence of them. It just doesn't work. You need to come to, when you, you come to ask, you know, when one of my kids come to ask me uh, for something, they come with a, a confidence that I love them. They perhaps don't come with a confidence that I'm going to say yes to everything they ask for, because I love them, <laughs> but they know that I love them. They know that I'm for them. And that's, that's the confidence that we come to God with. And so today, I, I guess I'm talking about prayer, but really I'm just talking about asking of God. Can we have um, some of the, uh, Richie, can you have the lights and push manual and have some of the house lights up just so I can see some of your faces? Uh, that'd be good. Um, yeah. Some people think that prayer is all about, oh, there you go. Oh, hey. Hey, church. Good to see you. Oh, you are there. Nice. Some people think prayer is, uh, you know, a deeper sort of prayer is about, like, just adoring God and contemplating on Him and, and just being in His presence. And, uh, and that asking things of God is like a basic, more crude kind of form of prayer. That's bollocks. That's, that's rubbish. That's false spirituality. See, at the heart of prayer is the fact that we ask things of God. Charles Spurgeon says, whether we like it or not, asking is the rule of the kingdom. Asking is the rule of the kingdom. And a few, about a month ago, I talked about this is a season of opportunity. Coming out of lockdown, this is a season of opportunity. But I think we need to actually go, roll it back a step and go, actually, what are we asking of God in this season? What are we asking of Him? Because if we don't ask, we don't receive. You know, Jesus was all about asking. He says in Matthew 7, 7 to 8, says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. We just need to start asking God for things. Now, just for those of you who like um, to classify things, you like things in nice, neat, orderly things, there's kind of two kind of asking that I'm talking about today. There's, there's asking for ourselves, that's called petition, and there's asking for others, that's called intercession. Today, I'm talking about both, all right? I'm talking about what do we ask for for ourselves, but also what do we ask for on behalf of others? Because we're supposed to do both. We're actually supposed to do both. And some of you think that, oh, you're so spiritual that you don't ask for anything for yourself. Well, that's actually a false spirituality again. You don't, you're not just asking for others. But at the same time, if you're just asking for yourself, then that's also a form of selfishness, essentially. We need to be asking both for others and for ourselves. Both petition and intercession. But often we don't ask. Why don't we ask? What are the, you know, sometimes we, 
I, I think I, I go through seasons sometimes of asking things of God, and then I, I kind of stop asking. And I, it's good to ask ourselves the question, why don't we ask things of God? I've got you a, a few a few reasons why I think we don't ask things of God. Firstly, we think, why should we ask of God if He knows our needs already? Because He's an omnipotent, uh, omniscient, all-knowing God, right? So what's the point of asking anything of Him? If he, know, if he knows already what I need, surely like just one simple, God, just meet all my needs for the rest of my life, amen, should suffice, right? Just covered everything there, uh, you know. Sweet, I'm done. That's all my prayer life for eternity. But it's, it's not like that. And the reason it's not like, not like that is, is simply for this, that God likes to be asked. Just like as parents, we like our children to ask for things of us because we don't just want to feel taken for granted, right? God likes to be asked. And he's not an insecure parent, but... The thing is, what, what he wants is a deeper relationship. Because, because actually, it's, it's in the asking that our relationship grows. P.D. Forsyth says, Love loves to be told what it knows already. It wants to be asked for what it longs to give. It wants to be asked for what it longs to give. Jesus wants to give us good things, but it's not just because he's a sugar daddy in the sky. It's because he wants relationship with us. You know, if, if my children just went around expecting all their needs to be met, and sometimes that happens, I'm just, just telling you, sometimes I feel like that, you know, without any kind of interaction, I would get really frustrated with my robot children, right? I'd be like, I'd become resentful of their, their just like, you know, where's my, where's my breakfast? Where's my lunch? Where's my clothes? Where's my this? Where's my that? Where's my that? I've got a child in here. Hey, Tessa. <laughs> Just decided to stay in for this. Awesome. Wow. Hopefully you'll learn something here. Uh, see, God, God, is, God is not a person. He doesn't become resentful of us. Fuel. But he wants a deeper relationship. And that comes in the asking. So that's, that's, that, that puts aside that reason why we, we shouldn't ask. Because actually, we need to ask because it deepens our relationship. Secondly, sometimes we don't ask of God because we think, oh, my needs are so small. My needs are so petty. And in light of all that's going on in the world today, my, you know, there are, God's got bigger problems. He's got bigger things on his plate. I shouldn't ask because he's busy doing other things. Well, he's omnipotent. He's all-powerful, so he can deal with those other things and your needs. Um, but just like, just like if, you know, my two-year-old Ida comes up to me and shows me her random leaf that she's got from the garden, I show an interest in it because it's important to her. Not because I have any great interest in that leaf, right? <laughs> I don't really. But I'm interested in it. Because it's important to her. Your needs are not so small that God is not interested in them because He's interested in you. He loves you and He wants to know you more. And so whatever is important to you is important to Him. And so actually we need to get used to asking for the little, asking for the, the things that, that are important to us, but perhaps in the big scheme of things aren't that important. You know, I've, I've got a, an app on my phone and I've got a, a list of things and I pray through 
for, and, uh, and I had an answer to prayer a couple of weeks ago. The answer was that I would win a bike race. I won a bike race. And they went, thank you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll boast only in the Lord. But, uh, but the thing is, yeah, I had that on my prayer list for like a year at least before it happened. Does God care whether I win a bike race? No, not really. Well, He cares in as much as He cares for me. He really doesn't give a rip about the, you know, South Canterbury Cycling Winter Series. It's not a big deal to him, but because it's important to me, it's important to him. And it's a false humility to stand back and go, oh, no, 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 I, I can't ask for these things. Like, I'm sorry, are you too cool for God? Are you like, <laughs> are you, <laughs> because that's what you're essentially saying, oh, God, don't get involved in my life. Uh, and I don't really need you. Um, no. It's a false humility before God. He wants to be involved, so ask of Him. Just like you want to, if you're a parent and you know this, you're the pain of this, uh, when you're, you know, you're driving back from school, and you're, how, how was your day at school? Just like you want to know what's in, happening in the world of your child, and your child just says, oh, good, fine, uh, as one of my daughters would say, fine. Um, <laughs> you know, God wants to know. He cares about the little things. He delights when we share with him about those things. So there, that deals with that one, that our needs are too small, too petty. The third reason, and this is a biggie, that we often don't ask of God is because he doesn't always answer our prayers. And I know it's a, it's a rabbit warren that I could go down, and I'm not going to go in there too much today, we don't have the space, but, but there, there are some reasons, there are some genuine reasons why God doesn't answer all our prayers. So I'll touch on a few of them. Um, it's actually, just before I do that, it's, hard, it, it's a hard thing to deal with. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely admit that, especially in light of how Jesus talks about prayer. In Mark eleven twenty four 24, says, Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Like, that's pretty definitive from Jesus, right? And sometimes it's, it's easy to go, well, you said this, Jesus. I don't see it in my life. What's happening? As, G, as C.S. Lewis says, he says, every war, every famine or plague, almost every deathbed is the monument to a petition that was not granted. So how do we deal with that disconnect between what we're believing and praying for and sometimes the reality of an unanswered prayer? There's no easy answer, but here's a few reasons why God doesn't answer our prayer. Number one, I just think we don't understand this side of heaven, and we won't understand this side of heaven, the ways of God. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, 12, for now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I'm fully known. We're just not going to know why he didn't answer that prayer, why he didn't come through in that way. Well, we need to learn to handle that mystery. One day we will know. One day we will know. Another reason is, is sometimes in our, in our short-sightedness, we ask for things that are not actually in our own best interests, right? 
Like, I, can honest, I can honestly say if all my prayers were answered, I'd be in the wrong job, I'd have married the wrong woman, I'd, and I'd probably be very unhappy and a bit of a jerk, right? Because seriously, I, I wanted to marry this other girl before I met Maya. I wanted to do this other career before I came into what I'm doing now. I wanted, you know, all, if God answered all our prayers, man, we'd be messed up, right? He knows best. He is sovereign. So that's one. That's a very good reason why all our prayers are not answered. Or the answer to our prayer, maybe, maybe it would be actually detrimental to others. Or actually the answer to our prayer would mean the refusal of someone else's. You know, one farmer is praying for rain and a, and a, a bride on a wedding day is praying for, for a clear skies. You know, oh God, uh, whose prayer do I answer? Like, you know, he is sovereign. He's got it under control. But sometimes there's, there's things that we just, you know, we don't, we don't understand. Or our prayers are not actually internally consistent. They're kind of they're self-contradictory. Like, God, grant me patience right now. Like, that, that doesn't work. Those prayers, are, yeah, they don't fit together. Or sometimes if God answered our prayers, they would do us in. Actually, we're not ready for that prayer to be answered. And actually, if they were fulfilled, it would break us. We're just not ready. Or sometimes we ask for things that are outside of the ways or the timing of God. You know, the disciples at one point, they, are, they, they leave a place where they're rejected and they say to Jesus, come on, let's rain down fire from heaven on these people who, who reject. Imagine if God had said, yeah, okay. You know, like sometimes we pray things that are not just not right. Uh, the disciples did it when they were with Jesus. Or sometimes the timing is not right. You know, God's timing is perfect. We generally want things done, and we want them done now or yesterday. But God works in His own time. And perhaps it's more important that He does something in us before He answers the prayer. In the journey towards the answered prayer, He's doing something in our lives. Or sometimes, and this is, I think, being misunderstood or abused at times, but sometimes God doesn't answer because of sin in our lives. I don't mean that God doesn't answer the prayers of a sinful person because if that's the case, then we're all stuffed uh, because we've all <laughs> sinned and fallen short. So God does answer prayers of sinful people. But here's how it works. Sin in our lives, it ruptures the relationship between us and God. And, and so we don't hear God and understand His ways clearly. And therefore, we're less able to discern what are the right prayers to be praying. And, and therefore, sometimes our prayers are just a bit off. They're just a bit askew because we're not fully walking aligned and our prayers aren't fully aligned. So there are many reasons why God doesn't answer our prayers. Does that mean that we stop asking? No, not at all. And I actually believe our strike rate will get higher in our, in our prayers the more we press into Him, 
the more we, we know, as we've been experiencing today, the love of God in our lives, the more we grow to become like Christ, the more our prayers will be aligned with Him, and, and the more we will see them answered, the more we will see Him coming through. So today, I just want to kind of scratch the surface on, on what we're asking God for. And, and as a bit of a guide, you will have heard of this prayer. It's called the Lord's Prayer. The Our Father, uh, the Paternoster, if you like. Uh, it's actually really the disciples' prayer. It's, it's our prayer. And it teaches us how to ask of God. I'm not going to go through the whole of the Lord's Prayer. We just don't have time. Um, you might say, well, I, I can rattle it off pretty fast. But it's, there's heaps to it. And it's actually, a, you know, there's adoration at the start and the end. But it's actually a prayer of petition. It's a prayer of asking for God. There's actually, it's awesome. There's large things in it. There's small things in it. There's spiritual things. There's material things. There's, there's inward things and outward things. That the Lord's Prayer kind of covers it all. It's a great guide. And, and there's actually seven things, seven petitions in the prayer. There's hallowed be your name. That's like, may your name be holy. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. That's seven things that you're actually asking God of. Uh, so I don't have time to cover all of them. I'm just going to ask. Um, we're just going to talk about two of them today. Give and your will. Your will be done. So, so firstly, give. Give us this day a daily bread. It's petition in its simplest form. And if we weren't already so familiar with that term, oh, you know, give us this day our daily bread, we'd actually think this is a bit basic. This is a bit material. You know, this is um, a bit unspiritual, Jesus, just to ask for food. Because essentially it's saying, just give me food today, please, God. Give me food for today. It's, it's really basic. But actually, it fits with how Jesus operated, right? Because he was providing wine at a party. He was, he was feeding the crowds who were hungry. He was, he was giving rest for the weary. He was just, he cared about the ordinary and the mundane of people's everyday lives. And so this gives us permission. This prayer gives us permission to just ask God for our everyday needs. He cares, like I said earlier, about the small and the seemingly insignificant things in our lives. So we can pray for a car parks. We can pray for babysitters. We can pray for, for clothes. We can pray for work. We can pray for relationships. We can pray for our kids. We can pray for big things and little things. We can just ask for the day-to-day -day things. And Jesus invites us to ask for ourselves. This is very freeing for some of you when you, you think, oh, no, I've just got to pray for the... No, no, pray, ask God for the little things in your life. Now, there is a balance here. If you're just always asking God for a Ferrari and a mansion and a boat <laughs> and a win lotto, your prayers are probably going to go unanswered, right? Um, and it's not that God doesn't want to give you good things. It's that, remember, He ultimately knows what's best for you. He knows what you can handle. You might be saying, no, nah, no, nah, I know what I can handle, God. <laughs> Come on, try me. Try me. See if I can handle it. Let me win lotto. I reckon I can prove to you that I can handle it. But uh, I think God does his best in this. It's our daily bread we're asking for. It's keys there in the daily. 
You don't, you, we don't pray weekly. It's not like your supermarket shop. You don't you know, go to God, oh, I've got this list of things here and I'm going to ask you once a week. No, no, it's daily coming to Him. Because remember, it's about building that relationship. So we daily come to Him and we build relationship in doing so, which is ultimately more important to Him and is more important for us. So we're asking, we're asking. And I want to ask you today, what are you asking of God? Big things and little things. What are you asking? Are you asking? Have you stopped asking? What are you asking for you? For you. What are you petitioning God for? Secondly, your will be done. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's will be done in others. In others. This is intercession. This is us asking for things on behalf of those around us. And, and at the heart of intercession is just loving people, right? We, we, if we're growing in love, then we're growing in the fact that actually I can't meet all these people's needs, but God can, and so I'm asking for them on their behalf. I'm saying, God, come on, come through for them. So good to see Nadia and Marius in the house again with their family. We've been praying for them, for, for, for Nadia and the, and the girls to come back. And God's made, it, made the difference, and He's brought them back. It's awesome. But you see, we intercede, we ask on behalf of others. It's actually one of the most important things we can do. And we need to realize that we can make a difference through it. Our prayers make a difference. We're, it's actually, we're called to it. It's our priestly ministry. One Peter 2 talks about the priesthood of all believers. We are all priests. We all come before God with petitions. And we are appointed on His behalf. It's not just a nice suggestion. It's actually an obligation, a sacred privilege to come before God and ask on behalf of others, to represent, to represent others to God. Lift them up and say, God, help this person. God, come through for them. There's this amazing story in the Old Testament of, of Moses doing this. I will go to it in Exodus 17. I'll read it to you. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands... The Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on either side, one on the sorry, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. So Joshua won the battle, right? Or Moses won the battle, right? Or, or they both won the battle together. I, I love how this picture shows the importance of both prayer and action, right? If, if it was just Joshua fighting without Moses interceding, things were going badly. But if it was just Moses standing there praying, how many of you know Moses wouldn't have lasted very long? He would have got cut down by the Amalekites. 
It's both of those things working together. And sometimes I think we swing too far one way or the other. Now, I'm a doer. I tend to swing too far to making things happen, to doing things, to planning things, to, to making it work, right? And some of you, perhaps you're, you're better prayers than me, but you just you lean too far this way. You're just like, oh, we'll just pray and we'll see it happen and God will do it and it'll, it'll happen. No, it's both and. We need to work at it, but we also need to pray. Like if I go back to my cycling, winning that bike race, if I just prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and never done any training and never actually entered a race, then how do you know I'm not going to win a race, right? <laughs> Some of you can relate. You're not training enough, Ben Reford. <laughs> but <laughs> you need to take a leaf out of your wife's book. She came third yesterday. Yeah, come on. <laughs> but how many of you know that if we, if, we just, if we just work and work and work at things, but we don't invite God into it, we don't ask for His blessing, for His help, then we're not going to see the result that we want to see. It's both ends. We're called to intercede on behalf of the world around us. You're called to intercede on behalf of your workmates. You're called to intercede on behalf of your family, parents, grandparents. You're called to intercede on behalf of your neighbors, on behalf of your friends, even on behalf of your enemies. You're called to intercede. Because that's what Jesus does for us continually. He's the great intercessor. Romans 8, 34. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. He's the high priest in the order of Melchizedek, Hebrews tells us, who's continually interceding. Get this in verse 24. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Remember, we are all priests. He's the permanent priest. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he, is, he always lives to intercede for them. Jesus is interceding on our behalf. That's, I don't know. I find that really reassuring to know that Jesus is continually interceding on our behalf. That's awesome. But I also find that quite challenging. That we need to be interceding. We need to be taking on that mantle of being priests and interceding on others' behalves. What am I asking for on behalf of others? What are you asking for on behalf of others? What battles, here, yeah, this, what battles are people in your world who are struggling to win? And you could tip the balance. You could make the difference by your prayers, by you holding up your hands for just a little bit longer. You could see a victory in their world. You could see a breakthrough from addiction. You could see a, a turning around in relationships. You could see a financial breakthrough. You could, whatever the need is, we need to be interceding. And I actually think we need to be offering to pray for people more. I think as Christians, we have this amazing tool in our hands that the world needs. And actually, you know, I don't just mean praying for other Christians. I mean praying for your your non-Christian friends. I know every time I offer to pray for someone who's, who's not a Christian, they are really grateful. They're like, wow, would you do that for me? Yeah, thank you. They might not believe in the God I believe in, but they know that, that, that there's something in me that, that wants to help them, that wants to serve them in that way. And so I think we need to do it. And can I, can I give you a hint? 
If you're offering to pray for someone, do it quickly, because otherwise you'll forget. Right? Do it there and now. Even like, can I pray for you? Okay, let's do it. <laughs> because, you know, otherwise you, you'll, if you're like me anyway, you'll forget, right? But let's, let's be praying. Let's be interceding. Is this good so far? You're going very quiet, church. It's a bit challenging. <laughs> so, so we pray for ourselves. We petition for ourselves. We intercede for others. But there's a key in both of these, and it's this. We need to not give up. We need to persevere because it's hard to keep going sometimes. And actually, oftentimes our prayers don't happen, don't get answered straight away. If, if, if you're like me, me, generally my time frame is like, God, I pray there's a prayer. I want you to answer it now, <laughs> uh, instantaneously. But Jesus knows this about us. This is encouraging. He knows how we uh, tend to just kind of pray and then give up. So he directly addresses it. And Luke 18, you go there with me in your Bibles. We've got it on the screen. Luke 18 says, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He knows. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. I'm not sure how this widow is going to attack him, but I don't know. She's a scary widow. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So Jesus is saying, he's not saying that, the, that God is like this unjust judge. He's saying he's totally unlike the just judge, right? He's illustrating by contrast. He's saying if a man so hardened and calloused and cruel could, could actually grant the answer, then how much more so could a loving and kind and generous God Grant us the answer to our prayers. It says that God will bring about justice for, it's interesting, justice for his chosen ones. It implies that if your cause is right and true, then God will vindicate you. One version says he will avenge his own elect. Avenge his own elect. It's not like vengeance. It's more about vindication. God will prove you right in the end. If you're praying with the right heart, the right motives, you're praying the right things, and God will come through. If, if you don't give up, that's the key. That's the key to this whole parable. If you don't give up. You know, I, I, I've got a brother who's two years my junior, and uh, he's not a Christian. I've been praying for him for a long time. I'm still praying for him. I'm still believing for him. I got to hang out with him a bit last weekend. We went down to our our uncle's um, uh, funeral memorial service. And uh, so we spent about, well, it's three and a half, about seven hours in the car just, just yarning. It was great. And I got to talk to him about God. And, I, you know, I, said, I was like, where, where, you know, where are you at with the stuff? He said, oh, same, same place you, when you asked me last time, Dave. <laughs> so, okay, it's cool, it's cool. But, you know, I'm still believing. I'm still praying. And I'm going to have to keep praying 
and not give up. Some of you, you might have been praying for 20 years for your sibling, for your whoever, for some kind of breakthrough. Just don't give up. I can invite keys up. The final thing I want to say about prayer and about asking God is that actually there's power when we do it together. There's power when we do it together. I'm frustrated, and I think God is a bit frustrated when, when Christians, when, when people of faith don't come together to pray. Because Jesus promises to be present and to answer prayers when we pray together. Get this, Matthew 18, 19. Again, truly I tell you, Jesus speaking, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. So God loves to answer prayer and He, and he loves it especially when we agree together. There's a certain power that comes in, the, in our agreeing with one another in prayer. That's why it's so important we pray with our, with our spouses, with our friends. That's why it's so key we go to our e-groups because we can agree together. We've seen some amazing prayers answered in our e-group because we're praying together and agreeing together. It's actually what Jesus said His house should be all about. Luke 19, 45, when Jesus entered the temple courts, He began to drive out those who were selling. It is written, He said to them, my house will be a house of what? of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. Jesus' house is to be a house of prayer. He's actually quoting Isaiah 56 verse 7 that says, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. That's why I love when we gather together in our prayer meeting. Tomorrow night, 7.30, you can join us. Just go to the Equippers website and you follow the links. You'll be able to, to join us on Zoom. And you can pray with us in that space. Or come around to Mary and I's house. We'll be praying with them on Zoom as well. We can join with, with a whole bunch of other nations praying together. Come here. You, you, might, not really, you might think, oh, we, we don't pray much here in this church. We pray every week, 9.15 to 9.45. We pray for half an hour as a church family. Except there's like a tenth of us, maybe uh, a fifth of us in the room. And I think, I, I, I often go, oh, you know, I understand you've got families, it's hard sometimes. But actually prayer is so important. It's so important to Jesus. He wants His house to be a house of prayer. Let's gather together because there's power when we do that. And there are opportunities in e-groups, in church, in global prayer. There are opportunities just with your friends who can pray together. You don't need my permission to just pray with someone. I just got a growing conviction that we need to be asking more of God in this season. We need to be asking more of Him for ourselves and for those around us. We need to be petitioning and interceding more and more in these times. And so, because actually I believe that it's a selfish thing to not. It's actually selfish because if you think about it, we're not asking anything of God. We're essentially saying, I'm fine here, God. I'm fine here by myself. I don't need your help. I don't need to ask you for anything, not even my daily bread, because I've got a job. I've got everything I need. Is that, is, that, is that how it works? Is that how our faith works? 
God gave you the ability to have that job, He can actually take it away from you. I'm not saying He will, but actually everything we have is from Him. And we need to be coming to Him daily in prayer, asking of Him. So I want you to stand to your feet. And I'm going to put a challenge. We're going to get practical here today. We're going to pray. I'm not going to pray for you. You're going to pray for yourselves. Now, maybe you're here and you're like, well, yeah, I've got some things that I haven't been asking for for a long time. Awesome. You're going to agree with someone else in a moment that those things are going to happen. Or maybe there are, maybe you've stopped praying. Or maybe you've stopped asking for some bigger things for yourself or for others. Well, if that's the case, we're going to take just a moment. We're going to ask God to remind us of what those things are or to show us what those things should be. And then what we're going to do is in groups of two or three, no more than three, you're going to make little groups and you're going to pray. And you're not going to do what we normally do, which is like talk about it for like five minutes and then pray for one minute. Because that's, yeah, let's be honest. We all do a lot of, a lot of talking about our prayer needs and then we actually, oh yeah, let's pray. Or, or, or I've closed the prayer off and you're like, oh, oh we were just talking, <laughs> sorry. But, uh, no, no, we're going to pray. You're not even going to tell the people in your group what you're praying for, right? No talking, just praying. Oh, yeah, I said I'm, I'm going to put a challenge here. No talking, just praying. So you're going you're gonna to pray and they're going to agree with you. They're going to agree with you. And if they're not, you just get another group and pray with them. No, no, they will agree with you. Okay, so first of all, let's just, just take a moment. Let's just ask God, what are the things that we need to pray? Father, show us what you want us to pray for now. Show us the things that we need to be asking of you for ourselves and for others. Place something on our hearts now. Let's just take a moment and just hear it. I reckon you should have two things actually. You should have something for yourself and something for someone else. Okay? You're going to pray for both those things. All right? In groups of two or three. Right now, let's do it. Let's pray. Let's pray. No talking, just praying.
30 seconds. Amen. Amen. You can stand to your feet again and, and just bring your attention here. I see lots of people chanting, so you must have finished praying. Hey, I think God's done something profound here this morning in our hearts. I think it's that moment in worship when we just felt His love for us. I don't know about you, but that, that wrecked me a little bit in a good way. Uh, but I think from that place, we need, to, we need to start asking more of God. He is a loving Father that wants to give good things. He wants to, to answer our prayers. We just need to start asking. Can we start asking, church? Start asking for yourself, and please start asking for other people. Because we're not, not going to see the change that God wants to see in our city. We're not going to see lives turn around way he wants to unless we start asking on behalf of people we lift them up we priests we lift them up before him we say come on God make a difference in their lives so just in this moment I don't, I don't know where all of your hearts are at with God so I, we do this every week I want to give you an opportunity to make sure that your heart is right with God he is your loving father he wants relationship with you but he'll never force that on you he wants you to come to Him and receive Him as your Heavenly Father. So just with every eye closed and head bowed, if you're here this morning and you think, man, actually, I'm not right with God. I don't know Him as my, as my Heavenly Father. Then you can do that. We only do that one way. It's through Jesus. And the Bible says that if you, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, then you will be saved. So in this moment, just everybody's eyes closed, your heads bowed. Just if you think, man, I need to do that. I need to confess. I need to give my heart to God. Then just raise your hand. I'll see it. You can put it down and then we're going to pray together. Is there anybody here this morning who wants to do that? This is an important decision. It's the most important decision we can make in our life. Okay, you can raise your eyes and look at me. As we ask on behalf of others, we will see people coming to know Christ. I think part of the reason we're not, we, have, we don't see people raising their hands is because we're not asking. Yeah, we're not asking the church, but we're actually just not lifting them up to heaven. And asking on their behalf. Come on, let's be a church that asks on behalf of those around us. Amen.